Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presents Fools for Christ with Kimmy Zeiler and Dan Boyd, a program that is seeking to lead young adults to Christ and to enkindle a deeper faith that is fully alive. Now, here are your hosts. Hi, I'm Dan Boyd. I'm Kimmy Zeiler. St. Ignatius of Loyola said, Out of gratitude and love for him, Jesus Christ, we should desire to be reckoned fools. We're seeking to discover Christ in everything, from the banal to the sublime, and this is Fools Fools for for Christ. Christ. So welcome to the show today, everybody. The topic is divorce-proofing your marriage. And I want to, before I jump into that, I thought, as I was reading the our intro, I want to I want to explain kind of why we came up with this term and really why we like we don't talk about any one thing on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really Kimmy, I think it, you'd probably agree with this. We just like thinking about everything from a Catholic perspective. Yes. So whether it's like I actually want to do a show on food and I want to do a show on I mean really like all, every aspect of human life reveals yeah. the Lord to us. And that's why seeking to discover Christ in everything from the banal, like the boring, the normal, to the sublime. Like, I don't know, it's just, I feel like that's the funnest way to go about life, to <laughs> like find Christ everywhere. Yes. Um, it's, it's like a little Easter egg hunt for joy all day long. <laughs> um, well, this is uh, probably, a, I guess, like the most serious topic we've ever done. Yeah. Um, yeah. And to to make this really more practical for everybody, we're going to add a component of um, not just your your sacramental marriage, but your spiritual marriage with our Lord, who He's the like our ultimate destiny. He's our eternal spouse. And so, whether you're you're living in a sacramental marriage or preparing yourself for sacramental marriage, or you are living in relationship with your ultimate spouse right now. Everything that we're going to talk about in here can be related to either of those relationships, and you can you can apply them both at the same time yes. to to improve, uh, let's say, an engagement or a marriage, or your relationship with the Lord of the Universe, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, and I think what's so important for us to remember, and kind of the approach I'm taking with this, um, Dan obviously is married, his beautiful wife Regina. Um, he he just pointed out his wedding ring. And made a sound, <laughs> which is pretty awesome. But um, I am single, and so I don't. I'm not sure yet if this is a temporary state of life or if this is more permanent. But right now, I'm very sure that my vocation is to draw into deeper union with God, and to enter into that relationship with my heavenly, eternal spouse. And so Dan's going to kind of lead the way through divorce-proofing your marriage but I'm going to also tie in all of those elements on how that relates to your relationship with God. And so whether, uh, if you're listening to this show and you, you kind of think you're in this position, you're like, you know, I'm, my marriage is not what it, it should be right now. This show's for you. And we prayed for you before we started the show because your marriage is important to us. We really want you to have a happy marriage for your sake, for your spouse's sake, your kid's sake, and the world's sake. I mean, there's very few things the world needs more right now than than good marriage, uh, and so we hope you have one. Uh, mm-hmm. And if you know someone, just a, a little word of advice, um, I'd say like be sensitive and recognize this might be very hard to hear, um, but also be bold. Uh, you don't want to, to stand by and do nothing 
and then think, you know, two, three years from now, maybe you could have spoken up and helped save that marriage. Mm. Um, so, you know, pray about it, find the right time to say something. So the, probably the, the best way to divorce pers- proof your marriage is to <laughs> first find the right person um, with we can kind of like skip over the, the, the Jesus marriage now because he's obviously the right yes, person. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but this is a big one when you're entering into a sacramental marriage, especially if you're coming out of a relationship from a time when you you weren't as close to the Lord, but you've since drawn a little closer. Love goggles can blind us, to, uh, to borrow a term from a good friend of ours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But they come off over time. So I mean, that that first like six months to two years, maybe even three years, those those emotions can be. I just made a new word up by mixing emotions and endorphins. But anyway, those <laughs> uh, those emotions can be running very very high. For some people, they yeah. last as long as as three years. Wow. Um, and then after that time, all of a sudden, like things really start to annoy you. Like this person that was really really perfect and that you loved telling people about. Now, all of a sudden, like, that annoys the goodness out of me. Like, mm. you know, you like you may have been patient. I don't do this, and my wife doesn't do it. I don't know where I got this example. But you may have been patient with them clipping their toenails in the sink before. Um, and now, all of a sudden, you're like, one day you wake up, and you just had a bad night, and you had coffee yet or something, and you see them doing that in the noise of, of the toenail clippers. Probably drives most people nuts. <laughs> and you look at them, and you think, like, that's disgusting. How can you do that? Like, you, they've been doing it all along. You just ignored it for a long time. So it's not to say the emotions are bad. Like, they're a beautiful part of a relationship that really adds a ton of joy to, to life. So ride those waves and be cool with, the, like, the highs of, of marriage and those emotional... Uh, emotional wows but be sure to reflect on compatibility and just think from the very beginning is this person someone I want to spend my entire life with Mm. I mean ask that question like as you're going into a relationship I mean if the person is like just getting out of jail for like robbing cars or something like Mm. you might want to really think about that before you go deeper yeah you you said um like you were saying like losing your cool, but you said losing your goodness or I forget exactly the phrase that you used, but I thought it was really, really telling because I've yeah. never really thought of it that way. Because um, when you're encountering someone, when their actions are just annoying you mm-hmm. <laughs> like crazy, yeah. it's really it's you losing your goodness. And yeah. you look at the way that you're approaching that other person. And so making sure that we're looking at it that way, because... Um, very frequently it's something that we're completely okay with but now we inside of ourselves something has changed and so we've lost our ability to interact very the same much way. so yeah and that, that really says nothing about them and everything about you like they didn't change you did mm-hmm. you you lost your goodness and so I would say that those are really opportunities where you say wow Lord like help me like convert my heart make me more patient more loving because I think if we go back and we look those are really petty things that we yeah. get so frustrated about. I'm so guilty of it too. <laughs> uh, but the in terms of like reflecting on compatibility, here are things you want to look for. Shared values such as like wanting a lifelong marriage, being able to commit to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if someone it's like, no, nah, I don't really know if I want to be monogamous for my whole life. Like that's probably not going to be <laughs> the kind of person right now you want to marry. Like 
come back to them when they've changed their mind a little bit and they're like, yeah, I'm committed to one person for my whole life. And are they open to children? And do they share the same faith as you? And if they don't, think really hard about that because like, what faith are your children going to be raised? Are you going to have the liberty to raise your children Catholic? I mean, presumably, if you're listening to the show, it's because you really think there's truth in the faith mm. and you want to share that with your children because it's the greatest thing you have. Yeah. So if your spouse is going to get in the way of that, that will cause a, a lot of, of tension in your marriage. Mm-hmm. And don't be afraid to ask those tough questions. Um, I mean, these could be, these would be great ways to, to not get too deep in a relationship uh, before you realize you want to step back. Like, how many children do you want? Uh, again, what religion are you going to raise your children? What kind of school are you going to send them to? Are you going to, like, I was home, actually, I went through every type of school, but I spent the majority <laughs> of time being homeschooled. Yeah. And that was a big one for me. Like, I, I really like the idea of homeschooled. And uh, I've, I've softened on this a little bit, but I used to think, like, I don't know if I want to marry somebody who wouldn't want to help homeschool. Mm. Um, but if, you know, if your spouse is a private school person or a public school person or you know, maybe they don't believe in school altogether or whatever. <laughs> um, these are the kind of questions you want to ask. Um, and before, I know I'm, I'm throwing a lot of information out. This I'm actually, so I'm stealing all of this from my wife who's a mental <laughs> health counselor. Um, she wrote a blog post on divorce-proofing your marriage. And so if, if I'm kind of throwing this out so fast that you can't take it all in, you can go to her website, reginaboyd.com, and look for the blog tab. And she has this there. Again, that's reginaboyd.com. And you can read all of this in, in a little bit more detail there. Um, you talking about asking the tough questions before getting engaged or getting married. Um, I've always heard that the three major questions that need to be discussed <laughs> before marriage are kids, money, and religion. Yeah. That those are the things that really draw deep divides between a married couple because they need to be unified in the way that they're going to live their life in those three ways. Yeah. The the money especially because that one gets to security. Like mm. where is where is your security going to come from? And that can really start to to rankle people or to, to like you said to cause those deep divides when you're if you start to be afraid of where like of losing your house or of not being able to pay your bills you really start to lose the ability to think rationally about other things for, mm. I mean, for both men and women yeah. because then you start acting out of fear and not out of reason. Yeah. Um, so no, that's a, I didn't mention money. That's a really good one to be on the same page with. I mean, if you're not on the same page with that, look out. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so the next step in this would be um, be prepared for change. Thank you Jesus that a 25 year old is not the same as a 45 year old like you, <laughs> you don't want someone to be the same at 25 as they are at 45 like we we expect we hope that the Lord brings us all through tremendous spiritual growth yeah and that's going to mean that we change like we can't if we, if we think well I want my spouse to be themselves only holier I want my spouse or I want to be myself only holier that means we lose some things like we we hold on to things that don't really make us happy and that's mm-hmm. going to mean we have to learn to let those go uh, this one definitely works with with our relationship with god yes because our relationship with god is always changing and growing and evolving um even day to day let alone year to year uh, and decade to decade 
I know in, in my own personal life, it's, you know, some days I'm having this deep connection and feeling very in union with God. And other days, it's more of like, I'm just coming to him at the end of the day, like pouring out whatever I've left, yeah. <laughs> you know, or whatever has been on my heart, you know? Um, and, and so the prayer journey, it, it just, it moves and it's fluid and he's always there. Um, but prayer looks different at different parts of our life based on the environment around us and people we're experiencing and encountering. And hopefully our own our own holiness and our ability to hear the Lord. Yes. I mean, I'm thinking of St. Peter when Jesus said to him, uh, as a young man, you gird yourself, you girded yourself and you decided where to go or you went about on your own. But as an old man, someone else will gird you and someone will, you will stretch out your hands and they will lead you where to go. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, I mean, that's, we have to be willing, to, I would say, to let the Lord uh, gird us with, you know, like whatever whatever He wants us to be, like wherever He wants us to go. Yeah. We see this very beautifully in religious life. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't even choose their clothing. Um, but it, it works with every single state in life. So regardless of where you are, like in our, in our relationship with God, this is what we're called to. Mm-hmm. Um, you can kick against that, but it'll probably just give you a headache. Yeah, expecting some like expecting a spouse to be just like they were when they were twenty, yeah, is just it's not realistic to expect the same person when they're fifty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was I've been married almost eight years now, um, and I was a doofus eight and a half years ago. Like I'm really glad I'm different. I would be an obnoxious person to be married to. Like thank the Lord I'm different. I'm really thankful for that. Um, and so I'd, uh, my advice would be, like ex. Look at change with a joyful heart and be willing to accept it. Like the, your interests are going to change. Your spouse's interests are going to change. Yeah. So like go with that. I mean, that's just look at that as a, as a new adventure. Welcome like this new passion, this new interest and immerse yourself in that. Like if you think, oh no, my, like my spouse is a different person because now they like quilting or crocheting or blacksmithing. <laughs> like learn about this thing. And like, it, blacksmithing. like everything's boring. Everything's boring until you know something about it. So That's learn, true. learn That's about true. it. And then you'll probably become fascinated with it. Like my wife is not that into, let me think, education. Like I'm getting a doctorate in education. She's not really that into education. But she's willing to sit and listen to me talk about research and education. Mm-hmm. So now she's becoming a little bit more fluent in the lingo and we can have conversations about it. And I think people forget to do that. They're like, well, you're into marathon training. I don't really care about marathon training. I only run when something's chasing me. Well, I mean, geez, <laughs> like, I mean, learn a little bit about what your best friend, what your loved yes. one is into. And that will, that just gives you something else to share. Well, and that works again. That works with our relationship with God. Yeah. Because as as we grow and um, as our jobs change and everything like that, the Lord is going to call us to different places to serve and to love Him. Yeah. And so, I know initially I was in campus ministry when I was first hearing um, God's calling and entering into a relationship with Him. And my ministry looks very different now than it did when I was in campus ministry. Yeah. And so I have to explore that new avenue and those new hobbies, those new interests, and enter into that with a joyful and open heart. Yeah. There's, I'm, um, there's a, a quote, I don't remember who said it, but I really, really like it. Um, and that's, you make a commitment at the altar to love your spouse. That means who your spouse is. 
not who your spouse was. Mm. And that, you, like, people are going to change. Just yeah. Deal with it. I mean, you gotta you gotta work with that and, and flow with it. Um, there's something else that popped in that was really I thought it was really good. Um, that could be my my pride. But anyway, I forgot it because it flew right out. Uh, well, but if it comes back. And I was when you saying that just made me think of Our Lady. Our Lady saying yes to God yeah. at the moment of the Immaculate Conception. But then we talk about her fiat lasting even to the cross. And her, her yes to God in that moment yeah. um, included her yes that she then made again at the cross. Yeah. Even if she didn't you know, know the fullness of what was to come. Right. And that, now I remember what I was going to say. Um, I've seen a lot of marriages really like drift apart and kind of like shatter on the rocks mm-hmm. because people discover new hobbies. You know, like exercise seems to be a common one. Somebody that like they get to a certain point in their life, it seems like it's 30 and they're like, I'm going to run a marathon. Um, but only one person is on board or, or there's like some, you know, new year's uh, goal to lose weight or get in shape. Mm-hmm. And they end up entering into this entirely different culture and they find a new community. They find a new family. And that drives a wedge between mm. their marriage. And we'll, we'll kind of come to that later. Okay. Um, so the next point would be stay devoted. Be devoted and stay devoted no matter what. You, you obviously start that way. Otherwise, you're not going to put the time and energy into a relationship. Right. Um, but here are some questions that you can ask yourself to know, like, really, are you devoted to your spouse? And yeah. if the answer is no, like, that's okay. Just, like... Then you have to figure out how do I how do I say yes to that. So the first question is, with whom do I spend the most time? With whom do I confide the most? Mm. Whom do I call or text most often? And who is my best friend? If you, I mean, if you're not willing to spend time with your spouse, you're very naturally going to grow apart from them. I mean, that just happens with friendships. Like you don't spend time with people, you're not really their friend anymore. That's almost the definition of a friend. Like yeah. being willing to be with each other. Yeah. Um, and do you, I mean, confiding, like I I have a very, very firm role. I don't share secrets like that are between my wife and I with any, anybody else. Like there's just some things that's our, our business. That's our relationship. Nobody else has a privilege to that. Um, and that can really come between. And that's, I think that's very frequently the start of infidelity where you, especially Mm. you start to share that with a member of the opposite sex that you work with or your friends with, and you just want to vent a little bit. Um, and that, uh, that intimacy, that vulnerability can grow into a, a romantic relationship and yeah. pull you away from your marriage. Um, and that just very naturally, I mean, this is kind of is like spending time. Who do you call? Who do you text? Uh, and who's your best friend? Um, mm-hmm. That's really like, it's not just this, this thing that exists and you don't have any control over it. You choose your best friend. Yeah. That's who you choose to spend the most time with. Yes. Uh, so it really, people say like, Oh, we just grew apart. I think very frequently we don't realize that we chose not to be that person's best friend. Yeah. Uh, and that this is super clear in the spiritual life. Yeah. Um, and I think before we get into the spiritual life, I think what you're saying is going to be really hard for some listeners to hear. Yeah, absolutely. And so I want to I wanna just be gentle and compassionate on this because... Um, the person that we spend the most time with um, and recognizing that that person is our best friend and knowing that sometimes we choose to not love. Yeah. Um, it's just recognizing that love is an action 
and that sometimes that choosing not to love happens in really small ways. And so when we think about choosing not to love, I think very frequently our mind goes to the big moments, like um, choosing not to live together. Right. Um, and that is almost like an end result yeah, rather right. than what I think you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. And so when you're talking about choosing not to love and choosing not to be the friend that is needed, um, I think that's, I mean, cleaning up the dishes for them. Yeah. And um, not watching six hours of football on Sunday. Yes. <laughs> and But things like that. Those are Those are the moments when we have the choice to love or to not love. Yeah. And I think it's important to recognize that that's what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And so, thank you very much, Kimmy. So if, if, as I was speaking, any of you felt offended, I apologize. I ask your forgiveness. Uh, and I, I really want to be reverent to your situation. And I know sometimes it's very hard to love your spouse. And they, they can hurt you. They may well have done something that really offended you and that should offend you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is, I mean, the, the Lord is calling us to tremendous sacrifice. And that's really the, the best way to put it. But with great sacrifice, uh, there's beautiful, beautiful joy and love. And so if you're, if you're in kind of that dark time right now, um, find some really positive people um, who can help pull you out of it. Yeah. Um, and before we move on from this, uh, this part of staying devoted, one of the best ways that you can change so if, as i asked those questions your answer wasn't yes the one of the best things you can do to change that so that the answer is yes who do you spend the most time with who do you confide who do you call who's your best friend is date um i you know oh being married for almost eight years we have a weekly date night that mm-hmm. is almost unchanging very very few things can trump it and say like if one of us was sick uh, but work doesn't come in the way we always make sure that we get that in and I know that that was crucial in my parents' marriage. Yeah. Um, they, I'm, my mom was previously married, so was my dad. And so them bringing our two families together, it was their weekly date nights. That's when we really started to become a family. Yeah. When they took the time to be together. Yeah, because it's just, I mean, time, time is magical. It's the most valuable resource we have. So when we give it to people, it's the most meaningful gift. And all those questions that Dan just talked about with being devoted, um, I'm not going to say too much on it, but it's, the same thing can be applied to the spiritual life. Yeah. We can ask the same questions about our relationship with God and kind of see for ourselves where we fall. Is Jesus my best friend? Is he the one I first go to to confide in on those deep matters yeah. where I need his guidance? Yeah. You know, or am I seeking everyone else first and then going to him? Right. Yeah. And when you're down, I mean, do you turn on the radio or do you turn to the Lord? Mm. Is, I say that because it's on my mind because yeah. it's one of the habits I'm trying to erase right now. Um, I mentioned this, and so I won't spend a lot of time on it, but just to surround yourself, this is the next step, surround yourself with people who want your marriage to succeed, who aren't going to run your spouse down, and who aren't going to let you run your spouse down. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And we really like, and s- surround yourself with people who want you to love the Lord, and who aren't going to run that spouse down, and who are going <laughs> to like encourage you there. Like I would, ne- If I was around someone who criticized my wife or their wife, it, like that would friendship would not last very long. I would tell them like I don't want you talking about your wife that way. You're definitely not going to talk about my wife that way. Otherwise, like we're not friends anymore. Yeah. Um, and it would be the same if if that was I mean if someone was 
like attacking my relationship with God and say, I'm going to, I'm going to be your friend from a distance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the kind of the, the next big point here is what to do during hard times, because they are going to come. I mean, some, there are some very, very hard situations that we don't have control over at all. Um, illness and, and tragedy, um, loss of employment, mm. that, kind of, that kind of thing. I mean, that could yeah. just be, so some of it can be brought on by our own choices and not putting enough time into marriage, but others are, that's just the, I mean, the way life is sometimes. They're circumstantial. Yeah. Um, so we have to know how to do that and really like grounding yourself before things are bad is the thing that's going to help you the most. But, um, Avoid bringing in a third party. That's kind of like where infidelity can very easily happen. Or if it's not someone that, I mean, if it's a, a, the member of the, the same sex, that could just be someone who kind of encourages you to be unloving towards your spouse. Mm-hmm. Even, like in word, which will be followed by deed. Mm-hmm. Um, and if there, if your family is causing difficulties, like if there's some relationship with a, an in-law or a sibling or whatnot, um, Ask your spouse to set very clear boundaries. If, you know, if you're going to be over at so-and-so's house or someone's coming over to your house, they can say, you know, this is, this is how you're going to talk to my spouse. That's my wife. That's my husband. And I know you're my mom. I know you're my dad. But they're more important to me than because this is what is going to get me to heaven. Yeah. And so, like, I love you and I want you in my life, but not if this is how you're going to act towards them. So once you change, yeah, you're welcome back in. Um, and then if, you, if, you, if you're in a situation where you already feel like uh, things are really bad and you're not sure you can, you can save it, I'm going to say, I'll, I'll very uh, gently suggest, find a, a really good therapist who can give you the strategies to work through this. And it, it will be hard. Uh, and I, like, I, I probably don't understand the pain that you're in, uh, but I will say, well, like, we are absolutely praying for you and we want you to succeed. Um, but they will help you. They'll help you walk through that pain and that suffering. And there's light on the other side of that. I mean, it will like if you can think back to the love, the joy that you had when you first married this person. That's still there. You that's redeemable. You can get back to that. Sometimes we just need someone to show us the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is also is very true in our own relationship with God. And I think whenever we're talking about this, when we're in this pl- kind of place. Um, we need to also point out um, that what we're talking about is different from like an abusive Absolutely, relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And so we need to make sure that that is, I mean, Dan and I both assume that you guys all recognize that. But I think it still needs to be said yeah. that um, that there, it, there are some circumstances that need to be ended. Yeah. And so um, seeking out a counselor will also help you to determine where that line is. Yeah. No, we're not encouraging that you you stay in a relationship with someone who's physically or emotionally abusive in any way. Um, And the one, so if if that's not your situation, if if, if you're safe and and your children are safe, then um, a simple way to to start on the road to recovery is to, to start looking for positive aspects in your relationship and they might be small and you might have a really hard time seeing any good in this person it's there i mean it was there 20 years ago or 10 years ago when you married them and it hasn't disappeared it's just mm-hmm. there, there are almost certainly wounds and pain 
uh, and it'll just take a little bit of work to, to look past that, but it will be worth it. Um, so we hope that that was helpful to you in uh, your marriage, your relationship, and especially your relationship with God. Uh, yeah, and those, those last three points um, in your relationship with God, it's all about the consolation and desolation in prayer. So in those hard times, those are that would be considered desolation. Yeah. We remember the moments of consolation, the moments of more union and closeness with God. Um, and then we never make decisions when we're in a moment of desolation. Yeah. We, we wait for the consolation because when we're in a, a period of desolation, um, of brokenness and, um, and feeling apart from God or apart from our spouse, um, we don't, we're not thinking as clearly right. as we are when we recognize that we are loved and we know deep within ourselves yeah. who we are and whose we are. Um, and so we wait for those moments to make big life decisions, and we don't make those decisions when we're in desolation. Yeah, absolutely. Well, please know that wherever you are on the spectrum, we are praying for you, <laughs> and uh, we hope that both your, uh, your sacramental marriage and your heavenly marriage with our Lord and Savior bring you joy and peace and fulfill you. Uh, and if they are not right now, that through, uh, through prayer, the intercession of all the saints, and just uh, rededicating yourself to your marriage, that that might be a spring of joy and life welling up in you and in your spouse and in your children. So thank you very much for joining us today. God bless. Until next time. Until next time, God bless. Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presented Fools for Christ with Kimmy Zeiler and Dan Boyd. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast at faithfitradio.org and tune in next time. May you be blessed with peace and joy.